Good morning to each of you. Greetings in Jesus' name. It's good to be here. It's been an enjoyable day, a beautiful day, and I'm thankful for each one of you that's here this morning. <clears throat> I was thinking about the blessing and the privilege that we have of serving God together. You know, we as a group here, we can serve God together. And uh, that went right along with our, our uh, Sunday school discussion was, was very enjoyable. Turn with me in your Zion's praises to um, 543. We're just going to read over this song. Five hundred forty-three. I hold to the hand of my Savior and friend. He shields me from evil till dangers all end. He'll take me to heaven where voices now blend. I hold to the hand of my Lord. I hold to his hand when the storm clouds arise. He speaks and the shadows roll back from the skies. Tis wonderful glory for our human eyes. I hold to the hand of my Lord. I hold to the hand that is steadfast and sure. No other foundation is ever secure. I look for the home that will ever endure. I hold to the hand of my Lord. The chorus is daily I hold to the scarred hand of my dear Lord Savior and King, till I am safe in that glad home where angels of God praises now sing. Ever he leads me, ever he leads gently along where sparkling pure waters, still waters flow, and tells me of heaven where I long to go. So I took the title to the message out of that song, I Hold to the Hand of My Lord. The first scripture we're going to read is going to be in uh, Matthew chapter 5. I'm also going to be reading a poem as we go through the message here. <clears throat> Let's all stand together for prayer. <clears throat> Our Father in heaven, we thank you for this beautiful Lord's Day morning. We thank you for the opportunity of worship, the opportunity of coming before you this morning. We thank you for the blood of Jesus that was shed on Calvary's cross, breaking the bonds of sin. Thank you, Lord, that we can come to you clean and pure. Thank you for forgiveness of sins, Lord. Thank you for victory. Thank you that we can walk in newness of life. Thank you for each part of this service this morning. Thank you for the singing and the devotional that Truman shared. Thank you for the Sunday school that was led by a variety of teachers. Thank you for their willingness to teach. And Lord, thank you for the fellowship that we can have with you only because of what you have done on Calvary. Thank you that that is also a basis for our fellowship with each other. And Lord, we thank you for each one gathered here this morning. We thank you, Lord, for our youth group. Thank you for their testimony. Thank you for their contribution and for their presence. Lord, we miss them this morning, and may you bless them where they're at and as they fellowship together. 
be with Dan, Miriam, Lamar, and Nina as they are with them. May you bless their time together, bring them home safe according to thy will. Lord, we also bring Brother Jason to you this morning. May you just touch his body and heal him, help him to feel better, give him courage and grace for, each, for the day, and may you bless him with a good day. And just keep us in your care, Lord, and help us to trust you in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. <clears throat> so there's going to be four points that we're going to look at this morning as we go through the message. The first stanza of this poem and the first point we want to look at is, Ye are the light of the world. And this poem goes, He held a lamp of truth that day, so low that none could miss the way, and yet so high to bring in sight the picture fair, the world's great light, that gazing up the lamp between the hand that held it scarce was seen. Matthew 5 and verse number 14, it says, Ye are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hid. Neither do men light a candle and put it under a bushel, but on a candlestick, and it giveth light unto all that are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. Well, the idea we get from, this, from these verses here is you are the channel, you are the means, you are the way that God illuminates the world. Think about that. You are the way, ye are the light of the world. A Christian can no more be hid than the sun that's in the sky can be hid. A Christian cannot be hid any more than a city that is set on a mountain or on a hill. So as followers of Christ, let's let that light diffuse or radiate out of our lives and those we come in contact with. And I want to carry this thought a little farther about us being a light. <clears throat> Ephesians 5 Eight, I think we might have read it already this morning, but somewhere this morning anyways. Ephesians 5, 8, such an such a encouraging verse. Ephesians 5, 8 says, For ye were, ye were sometimes darkness, but now are ye light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. So we have a, we have a reality that springs out of this verse. All of us were sometimes in darkness. The ground at the foot of the cross is level. So it brings us all together in this idea of all of us needing the light. And then it goes, but now are ye light in the Lord. We have been saved. We have been washed. We are light in the Lord. And then it says to walk as children of light. Very encouraging because it allows us or it gives us the, the hope that while, yes, we were sometimes in darkness, now we are light and now we have a message. Now let's go to Philippians 2, two chapters, one chapter back. Philippians 2 and verse 14 and 15. 
Here again, some practical admonition for us to be able to radiate this, diffuse this light. Philippians 2.14, do all things without murmurings and disputings. And then it says, it's got a, 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 a colon there, so it doesn't stop the command. There's supposed to be a continuation. It says, that you may be blameless and harmless as sons of God without rebuke in the midst of a crooked and perverse nation among whom you shine as lights in the world. So we're called to be like the sun, called to be like the moon, called to be blameless, be a believer, and by our light shining, someone else will have that opportunity is the thought I get here. Among whom you shine as lights in the world. People are looking for direction. And so we can be that light in the world. John 8 and verse 2. It says this. I'm sorry, verse 12. John 8 and verse 12. Then spake Jesus again unto them, saying, I am the light of the world. He that followeth me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. I'm going to read it again. Then spake Jesus again unto them, saying, I am the light of the world. He that followeth me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. Does that not breathe responsibility, accountability, and hope? Reason for living as a light. And I wanted to say this back in, um, in, verse, in verse 5. You know, our greatest, or uh, Ephesians chapter 5, our greatest testimony is what God has done for us. We know what it's like to have that ugly feeling of condemnation and guilt before we were forgiven. That should be, just, just excite us about sharing this light with those around us. I want to go to some more scriptures. We've got a lot to read this morning. 2 Corinthians 4. This, this idea of light and darkness. <clears throat> Second Corinthians 4 and verse 1, Therefore, seeing we have this ministry, as we have received mercy, we faint not, but have renounced the hidden things of dishonesty, not walking in craftiness, nor handling the word of God deceitfully, but by manifestation of the truth, commending ourselves to every man's conscience in the sight of God. Verse 3, But if our gospel be hid, it is hid to them that are lost, in whom the God of this world hath blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. For we preach not ourselves, but Christ Jesus the Lord and ourselves your servants for Jesus' sake. For God, who commanded the light to shine out of darkness, hath shined in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. Have you ever been in a conversation with an unbeliever and absolutely did not know what to say? You were up against the wall and trying to help them see why you do or don't do something that you do or don't do. 
I have recently. This verse, God commanded the light to shine out of darkness, hath shined in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. When we are faced with a question of why we do or don't do something, I believe we need to always go back to the Word of God. Let's go back to where we have laid that foundation and pulled that principle or application. Somebody has said this, There is an excellency of power in the gospel of Christ to enlighten the mind, to convince the conscience, to convert the soul, and to rejoice the heart. But all this power is from, the God, is from God the author and not from men who are but instruments so that God in all things must be glorified. There again, that call for you and I to be an instrument in the hand of God as we show this light. Proverbs 4 verse 18 says, But the path of the just is as the shining light that shineth more and more unto the perfect day. The path of the righteous. It gives us an idea of someone who was walking in truth, walking in purity. The joy of the Lord is flowing out of their life. Light has the idea of wisdom and holiness. Are you personally shining more and more under the perfect day? Am I personally shining more and more unto the perfect day? The Bible is so clear that as Christians we are to be that light, we are to live that light, and we are to desire for our life to point others to that light. Remember the poem, The Hand That Held It Scarce Was Seen. We have got a responsibility to be behind the hand of God in what we do so that people see Christ through us. The second point we have is by love serve one another and this went so well with our Sunday school lesson and the and the ver the poem the part of the poem for this one is is this he held the pitcher stooping low to lips of little ones below then raised it to the weary saint and bade him drink when sick and faint they drank the pitcher thus between the hand that held it scarce was seen. The thought of service. Galatians chapter 5. Galatians chapter 5, verse 13. For brethren, ye have been called unto liberty. Only use not liberty for an occasion to the flesh, but by love serve one another. For all the law is fulfilled in one word. Even in this, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. Brother Truman just mentioned this morning that love is the fuel of fellowship. Someone else says love is the handmaid of faith and the firstborn fruit of the Spirit of Christ. Matthew 20, 28 says, Even the Son of Man, this is talking about Jesus, it says, Even Jesus 
came not to be ministered unto, but to minister and to give his life a ransom for many. Think about that a little bit in your personal life as you think about Jesus coming here on earth. Think about what it has been life like to call, to somehow send a message to Jesus that there is a need in your life. There's a need in your family. There's a need of healing, whatever it may be. Um, one of the uh, one of the sickest um, member of our church. I'll call little baby Caden back there a member of our church. You know, he was a sick little boy, and he was very sick. What would it have been like to reach out, send somehow, send a, a runner or send a disciple? I don't know how we would have got the message to Jesus and had him come down to the hospital and put his hands on him and heal him. What would that have been like? You know, he did. He came. He healed. And he's on the back, one of the back benches there, happy and smiling. We still have that Jesus that came to minister to us in our distress, to heal the sick and the diseased. <clears throat> Galatians chapter 6. I still can't find Galatians. Here it is. <clears throat> Galatians chapter 6. In verse 1. Brethren, if a man be overtaken in a fault... Ye which are spiritual, restore such as in one in the spirit of meekness, considering thyself, lest thou also be tempted. Bear ye one another's burdens, and so fulfill the law of Christ. For if a man think himself to be something, when he is nothing, he deceiveth himself. But let every man prove his own work, and then shall he have rejoicing in himself alone, and not in another. For every man shall bear his own burden." Let him that is taught in the word communicate unto him that teacheth in all good things. Be not deceived. God is not mocked. For whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. For he that soweth to his flesh shall of the flesh reap corruption. But he that soweth to the spirit shall of the spirit reap life everlasting. Verse 9, And let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap, if we faint not, as we have therefore opportunity. Let us do good unto all men, especially unto them who are of the household of faith. Christ was here. Christ was available. Christ is still here and is still available. And as we go into this thought of relationships here, it says Christ, or we have the idea, Christ was touched by the feelings of their infirmities. We should be touched by our brothers or our sisters Infirmity. The idea of opportunity here. We should be doing what we can do while we have opportunity. Not yesterday and not tomorrow, but while we have opportunity. Let's keep that thought in mind as, our, as opportunity is that window of life we have. The window of time where we're able to do for other people. Maybe there comes a time where we simply cannot get out and do what we need to do for others. Then... We can pray, and we can support, and we can make phone calls or whatever. <clears throat> Another thought we get here is we shouldn't think about what we've already done. Let's think about what we can do more. Let's look for a new way 
to bear someone's burden. Maybe it changes. Maybe we're no, no longer financially able to do what we used to do. Let's find a new way or a new occasion to do good to others. <clears throat> the writer encourages not to be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. You know, there's a lot of scenes and scenarios of life that come to me, but I think this morning about mothers. You know, as they take care of their little ones, day in and day out, their routine never changes. It's either um, cooking food, washing clothes, changing diapers, putting babies to sleep, waking them back up. It's the same day after day. The writer here says, don't be weary in this. A mother's work probably goes unnoticed more than anybody else's. Her work is not necessarily on the forefront. But remember, the hand that held it scarce was seen. Third one is the Great Commission. goes along um, with, uh, with the first one a little bit. He blew the trumpet soft and clear that trembling sinners need not fear. And then with louder note and bold to raise the walls of Satan's hold, the trumpet coming thus between, the hand that held it scarce was seen. You know, dear people, this morning we do have the great commission that was laid out for us and we are called to be faithful in it. Let's go back to Matthew chapter 28. Very familiar, but very encouraging to think about filling our life with living this out. Matthew 28, 18 says, And Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you, and lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. The, the, the power that breathes out of this into the life of the Christian Am I going forth as Jesus would have me to do? <clears throat> Mark 8.38 says, Whosoever therefore shall be ashamed of me and of my words in this adulterous and sinful generation, of him also shall the Son of Man be ashamed when he come in the glory of his Father with the holy angels. We should not be ashamed of God. We should not be ashamed of Jesus and what he has done for us. And by our life, our words and our actions should show that we're not Ashamed. We also need to be ready to give an answer of the hope that is within us. We need to be read up and prayed up and, and always ready to give an answer. <clears throat> I would like to turn to 1 Thessalonians 5. And this is kind of a two-parter teaching here. And I have read it many times, but it was so... Uh, encouraging and challenging to think about, for me personally anyways. 1 Thessalonians 5 and verse 14. And it has this teaching here. It says, Now we exhort you, brethren. And, and this word exhort means we really, really encourage you to do this. We really want you to do This is a need. And then it says, Warn them that are unruly. 
in this adulterous and sinful generation, we are called to warn. We talked about it this morning in, a, in Sunday school. Our lives, the way we conduct ourselves speaks to people and could warn them. But we as Christians need to be willing to call sin what it is. We need to be willing to stand on the word of God. This is what we believe. This is why we do. This is why we don't. It's, it, you know, I was recently in a conversation on an airplane with two individuals and they, they asked questions, you know, where are you headed? You, you know, you gone somewhere on vacation or whatever. And so I told them, Noah's gone to um, our minister's meeting and we talked about that. What church you go to? And on and on, you know, what do you believe about this and this and this? Well, we got to things about non-resistance. We got to think about separation. We got to things, talking about things that they couldn't quite understand. We should never be ashamed of what God has taught us is right and wrong. So we got the, got the exhortation here to warn them that are unruly. Then it goes farther and says, Comfort the feeble-minded, support the weak, and be patient toward all men. You know, I wonder, dear people, as we take up the challenge of the Great Commission, we sometimes maybe wander off a little bit when it comes to the end of this verse. Comfort the feeble-minded, support the weak, and be patient towards all men. <clears throat> yes, it's okay to call sin, sin. Yes, how we look and the way we act matters, and it should convict the sinner and speak to his need of a Savior. Yet we need to be a people that are available to comfort, support, and be patient towards all men. Is that my testimony today? And again, we always need to go to the Word of God when we share who we are and what we do and why we do them. <clears throat> Our lives should lead people to Jesus. It should lead people to study the Word, lead people to find truth. <clears throat> this idea of crying out our lives crying out as a testimony. Go with me back to the Old Testament here. Um, Isaiah 58. Isaiah 58 and verse 1 it says, Cry aloud, spare not, lift up thy voice like a trumpet, and show my people their transgression, and the house of Jacob their sin. We have a call here to be vocal about people's transgressions and sins. And I don't know, this is something you may need to work out on a practical level personally, but I guess the encouragement that I got was, let's don't be afraid to simply share what is right and what is wrong. We live in an age where that is a very, very gray area. But we still have got to come back to this adulterous and sinful generation that, that uh, they was talking about there in the book of Mark. Cry aloud and show. Tell. Live. <clears throat> Let's go to Acts 26 now. 
Acts chapter 26, we find some, some very powerful words here. This world is a bleak place. This world is a sinful society. It is dark out there. Acts 26 and verse 18, it says, To open their eyes, this is the words of Jesus, and to turn them from darkness to light and from the power of Satan unto God, that they may receive forgiveness of sins and inheritance among them which are sanctified by faith that is in me. Can you picture with me a godless society turning to God? Let me read it again. To open their eyes and to turn them from darkness to light and from the power of Satan unto God, that they may receive forgiveness of sins and inheritance among them which are sanctified by faith that is in me. Powerful words here in this verse. This is what God can do. This is what you and I are called to be. We're called to show this, teach this, and that's going to take a step farther. Let's go back to 2 Corinthians chapter 5. In verse 20 it says this, Now then we are ambassadors for Christ, as though God did beseech you by us, we pray you in Christ's stead, be ye reconciled, to God. Ambassador has the idea of being an authorized representative or an authorized messenger. Another definition of ambassador, ambassador is the highest ranking person who represents his or her own government while living in another country. Think about that. A definition of ambassador. The highest ranking person who represents his or her own government while living in another country. That's you and I today. We're not, our kingdom is not of this world. Our kingdom is with God. So we're kind of in another country, but we're here representing or being an ambassador for Christ. God has called you here this morning to be an ambassador, to be a personal representative of who he is. And, I, and, and the thought I, I have here is, does that mean that being a Christian is the highest ranking person in the world in God's eyes because we are called to be ambassadors? Are we, and and it, it's a little prideful maybe to think, but I, I think it's encouraging to think about that role we are to fill as an authorized representative. We are His. Only through Him can we be saved. And so it's only by Him so it's nothing of us, but we're called to be this ambassador or this authorized representative. Think again of the words of the poem. He blew the trumpet soft and clear that trembling sinners need not fear. And then with louder note and bold to raise the walls of Satan's hold, the trumpet coming thus between, the hand that held it scarce was seen. Are we faithful being that light, being that ambassador, being that person? that God would have us to be. And there again, the greatest testimony we have is what God has done for us personally by cleansing us personally from sin. The last point we got here is just simply titled, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Moving on to the last stanza of this poem, but when the captain says, Well done, thou good and faithful servant, come. Lay down the pitcher and the lamp. Lay down the trumpet and 
leave the camp. The weary hand will then be seen clasped in Christ's hands with naught between. Can you imagine that day when we, the, the sin and struggle of life is over and we are clasped in Christ's hands with naught between? What will this be like? The weary hand will then be seen clasped in Christ's hands with naught between. Turn with me now to Matthew 25. <clears throat> Matthew 25 and verse 23. <clears throat> Matthew 25 verse 23, His Lord said unto him, Well done, good and faithful servant. Thou hast been faithful over a few things. I will make thee ruler over many things. Enter thou into the joy of my Lord of thy Lord. Then he which had received the one talent came and said, Lord, I knew thee that thou art in hard man, reaping where thou hast not sown, and gathering where thou hast not strawed. And I was afraid and went and hid thy talent in the earth. <clears throat> Actually, let's skip down to verse 31. I'm sorry. When the Son of Man shall come in his glory and all the holy angels with him, then shall he sit upon the throne of his glory. And before him shall he gather all nations, and he shall separate them one from another, as a shepherd divideth his sheep from the goats. And he shall set, set the sheep on his right hand, but the goats on the left. Then shall the king say unto them on his right hand, Come, you blessed of my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungered, and you gave me meat. I was thirsty, and you gave me drink. I was a stranger, and you took me in. Naked, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you visited me. I was in prison, and you came unto me. Then shall the righteous answer him, saying, Lord, when saw we thee and hungered, and fed thee, or thirsty, and gave thee drink? When saw we thee a stranger, and took thee in, or naked, and clothed thee? Or when saw we thee sick, or in prison, and came unto me? And the king shall answer and say unto them, Verily I say unto you, Inasmuch as ye have done it unto the one of the least of these my brethren, you have done it unto me. Well done, thou good and faithful servant, is the words that Jesus says we will hear. Colossians 1.12, giving thanks unto the Father which hath made us meet to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light, who hath delivered us from the power of darkness, and hath translated us into the kingdom of his dear Son, in whom we have redemption through his blood, even the forgiveness of sins. And John 14, 2 says, In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you, I go to prepare a place for you. <clears throat> Turn with me now back to the book of Revelation. We'll read a few more scriptures there. As we think about, well done, thou good and faithful servants. Revelation 7, starting in verse 9. Revelation 7, verse 9. And after this I beheld and lo a great multitude, which no man could number, of all nations and kindreds and people and tongues, stood before the throne and before the Lamb clothed with white robes and palms in their hands, and cried with a loud voice, saying, Salvation to our God, which sitteth upon the throne and unto the Lamb. 
And all the angels stood around about the throne and about the elders and the four beasts and fell before the throne of their faces and worshipped God, saying, Amen. Blessing and glory and wisdom and thanksgiving and honor and power and might be unto our God forever and ever. Amen. And one of the elders answered, saying unto me, What are these which are arrayed in white robes? And whence come they? And he said unto me, Sir, thou knowest. And he said to me, These are they which came out of great tribulation and have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. Therefore are they before the throne of God and serve him day and night in his temple. And he that sitteth on the throne shall dwell among them. They shall hunger no more, neither thirst any more, neither shall the sun light on them, nor any heat. For the Lamb which is in the midst of the throne shall feed them, and shall lead them unto living fountains of water, and God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes. Friends, this morning, what a beautiful picture of eternity with God. And while I want to revel, uh, just bask in the thought of you and I being saved where we can experience this, I guess what I want to also say is as we feel the Great Commission, that there will be others who will experience this because of the things that took our energy and time and patience and money. May we never be weary in well-doing. Because someone may find the Lord and someone may never hunger anymore or thirst anymore because you and I were faithful while we was on this earth. <clears throat> Let's go now to the words of Paul in 2 Timothy 4 for some closing scripture. We know, know the story well, but such a beautiful testimony that he had. Second Timothy 4 and verse 1. Actually, let's just go down here to um, verse 6. <clears throat> For I am now ready to be offered. The time of my departure is at hand. I have fought a good fight. I have, kept, I have finished the, my course. I have kept the faith. Henceforth there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me at that day, and not to me only, but to, unto all them also that love his appearing. There again, I cannot get around that fact of someone else being able. All them also that love his appearing. One more scripture, 1 Peter 5 verse 4. First Peter 5 and verse 4. And when the chief shepherd shall appear, ye shall receive a crown of glory that fadeth not away. The Bible says, well done, thou good and faithful servant. I trust that as we looked into the scriptures that we can take this, we can find courage for the moment, strength for the day. We can find a way, an opportunity to serve where God has called you right here today. I hope we can find strength to be a people that's called light, called to serve, called to go and tell, and welcomed home. I want to read over this poem. He held a lamp of truth that day, so low that none could miss the way, and yet so high to bring in sight the picture fair, the world's great light, that gazing up the lamp between, the hand that held it scarce was seen. He held the picture stooping low, 
to lips of little ones below, then raised it to the weary saint and bade him drink when sick and faint. They drank the pitcher thus between, the hand that held it scarce was seen. He blew the trumpet soft and clear, that trembling sinners need not fear. And then with louder note and bold to raise the walls of Satan's hold, the trumpet coming thus between, the hand that held it scarce was seen. But when the captain says, well done, thou good and faithful servant come, lay down the pitcher and the lamp, lay down the trumpet, leave the camp. The weary hand will then be seen, claps in Christ's hands with naught between. I trust that as we go from here, we can find our strength from God, find our hand in His, and find a way, an opportunity to live that light. Shall we stand for prayer? Father in heaven, we thank you again for this beautiful day. We thank you for your word that you have left on record for us. Thank you that we can know it is truth. And Lord, as we consider our life, as we consider who we are, as we consider where we have come from, as we consider the lives of sin that we lived, Lord, we want to thank you this morning for forgiveness. We want to thank you for the blood of Jesus that was shed for me personally and for each one and for the world. Thank you, Lord, that we can be clean and pure before you. Thank you, Lord, that we can just meet together with a group of believers. Lord, as this church goes out this door and into the community, may we be a light, a city that is set on a hill. May we, we know we're not hid, Lord. May we just be faithful in that light you have called us to be. And Lord, lead us to someone who needs you. Lead us to someone who can one day hear those words, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Lord, we don't need any credit. We don't need recognition. We just need your hand to guide us. May you bless each one here this morning. Lord, again, I want to thank you for the little ones, little children that are sitting on their parents' laps. Lord, their future is before them. They're innocent. They have not really had the opportunity to make decisions and choices. May you bless their parents with courage, with wisdom, with strength to lead them and guide them and train them to love and serve you. May you bless their parents to lead them by example. Be with the young folks today where they are this morning. May you bless each one. Thank you for their testimony. Thank you for their friendship. Thank you for the light that they are in this church. Lord, we also want to thank you for the youth leaders. May you bless them with special grace for being willing to serve. Pray for our school teachers this morning as they lead the classes and, and minister to the, to the needs of their children. May you bless them. Give them fresh courage, fresh energy, fresh strength. Lord, they're doing a wonderful job, and we thank you for them. Pray for the school board this morning as they have to meet and make decisions. And as they have to discuss the rest of the year, may you be very near to them. Lord, bless each student that attends. Bless again each person gathered in this building this morning, Lord. May you touch each life. May you heal those who are sick. May you bless those who are sad. May you just simply be with those because we all need you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated.